Thank you all for tuning in to the 403rd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk to me, your host, Daryl D. Lane. As always, wherever you are, however you may be listening, I'll thank you for making me the show part of your day, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iRadio, SoundCloud, Pandora, whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via. Being recorded from Buffalo, New York, per usual. Going to have a great pod for you guys today. Going to have Ben Karen host the Sports Crawler podcast to come on the show. Going to talk Russell Wilson being traded to Denver Broncos. Ben, he's a devoted Seahawks fan. Going to get his opinions on that. Aaron Rodgers re-signing with the Packers. Uh, the Carson Wentz trade. Uh, so a lot of NFL stuff. And we're going to go over some QB rankings, I think, two towards the end of the pod with Ben. Now, I'm going to give my shameless plug. First time listener, thank you. But subscribe and follow right now. Also share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be your Reddit threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Check on the description below. Specifically, if you use Spotify, I have everything timestamped. You can click to whichever part of the podcast you want to listen to, and it will send you to that part. Also, follow me on Twitter at nighttrain underscore lane and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane and you will find it. I post two to five minute clips of this podcast right here, as well as my syndicate show outside the shop. And lastly, if you have Apple or iTunes, give me five stars and a great review. And for some odd reason, Ryan, don't like the pod, then don't say anything. Because you know what your mom always told you? Because my mom always told me this too. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And kind of next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have Ben Karen on host of the Sports Caller Podcast. Kind of next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Ben Karen with us, host of the Sports Wilder podcast, former resident of Vermont, former resident of Texas, current resident of Arizona. He's a father, he's a husband, he's a son, he's a cousin, he's a brother. Maybe one day he'll be an uncle. I don't know if he's an uncle. School psychologist. Uh, no, I am an uncle. I oh, oh, he's an uncle too. Okay, he's an uncle too. <laughs> school psychologist, veteran in the Arizona public school system. Ben Karen, host of Sports Father Podcast. How you doing, Ben? I'm good, Daryl. How you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. I didn't know you were an uncle. Yeah. Yeah, just one of uh, one of the benefits of getting married, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. You get to increase your family size. So, first, let's start with this. Russell Wilson traded from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. Your guy. You've been through with him from thick and then two Super Bowls, multiple playoff appearances, the magic, the plays. Just tell me, what was your shock when this news happened? Because, Ben, I'll be honest. When I've heard this story broke, I heard it from you. I actually didn't know. As soon as you texted me and you're like, what do you think of the trade? I'm like, what is he talking about? Then I look it up and I'm like, oh my gosh. So what was your reaction when you found out? 
Um, I was really surprised by it. Uh, I was actually vacationing with a family up north, and uh, yeah, made made the next hour or so after I found out a little bit less relaxing, to be honest. Um, but I, I was just really surprised here. I just didn't think um, you know Russell Wilson wanted to go to Denver. There had been uh, you know nobody reporting about that as a possibility, so it took me by surprise. Where oh so. What was your initial reaction? Was it anger? Was it sadness? Well, I, I think it's uh, you know sadness in a way. Uh, when you're when you're a um, a fan of a team, uh, and and you have a guy like Russell Wilson as the leader on your team uh, that does everything the right way, seemingly, uh, you know it's always it's always hard to uh, hard to see a player like that go. Um, but I think it's one of those things, you know, when I, when I looked at what Seattle was getting, I'm like, okay. Um, logically, the, my, my brain tells me it's probably a good thing for the Seahawks, uh, but my heart was sad. What will you remember most about Russell Wilson? Well, I think more, more than anything else, uh, just him being a class act for all those years in Seattle. Um, also, uh, just a guy that really helped um, our team uh, reach a level of respectability that, that we hadn't seen before uh, by, by winning the Super Bowl and getting to a second one. Did you ever think when the Seahawks drafted Russ that he would have the career he did? Yeah, yes. I liked Russell Wilson a lot even when he was at Wisconsin. When did you know when he played in the NFL that you were like, okay, we really have something? Or was it that in Wisconsin you're like, okay, we, we really have something here? Well, I already felt that he had the it factor when I was watching him play at Wisconsin. Um, but, but certainly, um, you know, that first uh, playoff run he had with the Seahawks um, where, they, where they, you know, finally got bumped out kind of late in in the playoffs, I think in the divisional round with Atlanta in a close game where they almost came back and won, I was like, this guy's going to be back a couple more times. He has the it factor. Why do you think Russell wanted out of Seattle so much? Well, I think that's a complicated question. I think that it was probably very frustrating then from a football standpoint when he sees other quarterbacks that are getting paid all kinds of money, uh, like the Matthew Staffords of the world. Uh, you know, we're, we're seeing what, the, what they were able to put around Matthew Stafford talent-wise. Um, you know, they're able to go out and they're able to get a Von Miller. Um, he has a good offensive line. They have an Aaron Donald. I just don't think Seattle... Um, for a while now, has been able to kind of work with the salary cap well enough to get him uh, the parts he needs. I think uh, the short answer to your question is years of no offensive line. Yeah, years of offensive line. They never really had a particularly good offensive line when he was in Seattle. I think that was the thing he was upset with. I think it was also the offense, the way they constructed it. I think he wanted to be in more of a Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson fast break centered around the QB as opposed to this more archaic, we're going to run the ball, we're going to do play action, and we're going to do all that. I think that's not the style you want to play with. I think he got a little bit bored of it, 
And I think obviously with Nathaniel Hackett in Denver, I think they're going to do more of that style where Russ is going to have the keys to the car. It's going to be Russ's kingdom. I think Russ is going to have a lot of control. And maybe that's not the best thing for his career because sometimes it's like you never know what you had till you lost it. Do you think this trade will work out for Russ? Well, to find working out, what, 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 would it, what would have to happen for it to work out for him? Will he be happier? Um, I'm going to say no, I don't think so. Because I, I think he moved to try to get a Super Bowl, and I don't think he's going to get a ring. You think he'll make an appearance? Uh, I'm going to say no, Dale. I mean, the AFC West is stacked. Um, you know, another thing that we have to consider is uh, Russell Wilson is my age, Dale. Uh, we're actually pretty close in age, I believe. And, uh, you know, it, it, at this point in life, you know, especially when you're him and you've been getting hit, you know, I think you have to, like, go to a different team with a better offensive line. You see, you can elongate out your career. Um, but I, I don't think he's going to make an appearance. Not with the likes of Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, your guy, Josh Allen and the Bills. Um you know, Joe Burrow and the Bengals are out there. And there, there are some other teams. The Titans are out there. And the AFC, I mean, the AFC is stacked right now. They have a lot of teams that could make the Super Bowl. Let's go back to this. That Legion of Boom run, they went to back-to-back Super Bowls. So let's give these names, okay? Richard Sherman, going to be in the Hall of Fame. You'd agree, right? Absolutely. Earl Thomas, Hall of Famer, right? Yeah. Cam Chancellor, Hall of Famer? I'm going to say yes. Bobby Wagner, Hall of Famer? 100%. Martellus Bennett, Hall of Famer? Um, that's going to probably be more of a fringe decision. Okay. Um, Russell Wilson, of course, Hall of Famer. How about Marshawn Lynch, Hall of Famer? I'm going to say yes. Yeah. And Pete Carroll, Hall of Famer? Yeah. Yeah. So out of all those guys, who was your favorite? Well, uh, Bobby Wagner's always been my favorite. Um, you know, when I had an opportunity to, to, to buy a jersey, and this was back when I had a lot of uh, income, and as a student, um, you know, I was able to pull together the money for a jersey. I always wanted one. And I got Bobby Wagner's jersey. Um, you know, because just, you know, I like the way the guy played football. Um, and I just, I, I like the way he hit. I like the way that, you know, he's always with Bobby Wagner, the fundamentals were, were executed almost to perfection. The open field tackling, the reading, you know, what the offense was going to do, um, those, those pieces. So I just really enjoyed watching him play, and I think he's been a really consistent player for for a very long time. How much did the jersey cost? Oh, I think it's like a hundred bucks. Hey, that's fair. No, no, that's fair. There's a lot of bro. Hey, hey. It's tough for college kids to get an order of McDonald's these days, let alone get a jersey. <laughs> Jerseys are expensive, Ben. I know it. So who would be your second most favorite out of all those guys? So you still have Cam, Earl, Richard, Russ, Marshawn. You can put Martellus in there. I, I think 
think my, my second favorite guy would uh, probably be Pete Carroll. So why Pete Carroll? Well, you know, Daryl, I mean, the American population, with myself, we kind of like underdogs, you know. And Pete Carroll goes to the National Football League, his first go-around, didn't go very well, you know. And, and then he kind of goes back to college, he reinvents himself, picks himself up again, and, you know, he ends up winning a Super Bowl. And, and just, um, you know, personality-wise, I mean, he's a very charismatic coach. I think a lot of people... You know, he's very good with the media, very good with the fans. Um, I think he's beloved in Seattle. And uh, I think he's just uh, the kind of personality that people gravitate towards. So I'd say Pete Carroll. Who would you have third? Third for me would, would, would be Cam Chancellor. Um, I, I love the way Cam Chancellor played. I love the way uh, he hit other players. I mean, it was... Um, you know, just big time. Whenever, whenever Cam Chancellor was on the field, you just you never knew what 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 could happen. Um, you know, I, I just I really enjoyed watching him play. It's too bad he couldn't you know play longer. Uh, his career got cut short with uh, with neck injury. Who would you have fourth? Uh, fourth, I'd probably have Russell Wilson. Why Ross at four? Um, always had the it factor. Uh, kind of like Pete, Pete Carroll, you know, always good with the fans, always good with the teammates, um, always said the right stuff. You know, I, I felt like when he was ever, whenever he was out on the field, kind of the same with Cam Chancellor. You know, you always have a chance as long as Russell Wilson's the quarterback for your team. Fun to watch, athletic, big arm. Now, Ben, it's no shocking that the four guys we have left are Martellus Bennett, Marshawn Lynch, Earl Thomas, and Richard Sherman. That doesn't shock me. <laughs> <laughs> knowing you, just just knowing you, how you operate, how you feel about people, it doesn't shock me that these would be like your last four. <laughs> so let's start with this one. Let me ask the question now with these four this way. Which one of those guys disappointed you the most? <laughs> Because I'm sure they all disappointed you in many. <laughs> I just. <laughs> so we've got Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, Martellus Bennett, and who was the other one? Uh, Marshawn Lynch, Richard Sherman. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which one disappointed me the most? Yes. I mean, I'd say it's Earl Thomas. <laughs> Easily Earl Thomas. Why? Well, no Seahawks fan wants to hear about how, you know, one of the stars on your team was running, chasing the opposing team's coach the time Jason Garrett into the locker room begging him to trade for you. You weren't down with that, Ben. I wasn't down with it. I also wasn't down when he got injured and flipping people off, going crazy. I mean... I don't know. I just, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't digging it, man. I, I it made me less of a fan of his. So Earl's your least favorite of those Seahawks. He's easily the least favorite. <laughs> okay. Seahawks. Could he ever get back in your good graces as a Seahawks fan? Um, 
I don't know. I mean, never say never, but I, I, I couldn't think of a, what it would take in order to get there. If he became the OC and led them, help lead them to another championship. Yeah, I mean, I guess that could, could, could do it for me. That probably won't happen. So I guess you're going to have to hate Earl Thomas. Uh, second, who disappointed you the second most? Um, we still have Richard Sherman, Marshawn Lynch, Martellus Bennett. Three I'd very probably, controversial figures. I would probably say Martellus Bennett. Um, <laughs> and it's not necessarily, you know, one incident, but it just, it seems like whatever's going on, he's always stirring the pie. You know, and, and he was kind of, I believe he's one of the first guys to go, you know, he's chasing money. I think he didn't really appreciate maybe what he had in Seattle. That's fair. Who do you hate? I'm not hate. That's not the right word to use. Who disappointed you the most out of between Richard and Marshawn? Um. I I would I would I would say probably Marshawn. You know, um, not that he disappointed me a great deal, but. You know, I, I thought, uh, to be honest with you, Daryl, I mean, you know, everyone talks about him, and I think out of all the Seahawks, he probably, we've talked about, he might have been the most overrated one. I think his uh, his peak years, uh, where he was beast mode, were, uh, were, were pretty short-lived. Um, you know, and people forget when, they, when we're, you know, um, calling out, you know, Pete Carroll for his play calling in that Super Bowl that I really don't want to talk about. Uh, oh, we'll talk about uh, it, then. <laughs> when, when, when we're looking at that situation, I mean, people are forgetting, you know, they gave Marshawn Lynch the ball a handful of other times and it really wasn't that effective. You know, I mean, I, I don't know, you know, and they went to Oakland and he didn't really do much in Oakland. He did nothing in Buffalo but run over people. Right. With his right, car. Right, right. <laughs> That's why he got traded. <laughs> I feel like like he had maybe three to four really good years, though, and that's it. Maybe, maybe five. Um, but yeah, I just feel like this peak was not very long. And then he was just, he, he did other stuff, too. It was like, you know, the interview thing. I'm just here so I don't get fined. That's iconic, Ben. You didn't like that? Well, if if you don't want to bring attention to yourself, then you shouldn't do that. It's clear to me the guy wanted attention, so he did it. You know, it's just like... He got more famous off of doing that. That actually helped his brand. Right. Well, I don't know. Me as a fan, I don't really care about his brand. Well, I think the fans did, because I think the fans were eating it up. I think that's how it got so popular. <laughs> that made him more popular, though, Ben. It did. I, I know. It brought more attention to himself, too. It's like, oh, yeah, I mean, I don't I go to the media interviews, and I don't talk to the media. Though he did just say he's not here to get fined, because he had to show up else they would fine him. So he yeah. just kept repeating the same things over and over. 
Though I guess he just could have said, no comment, no comment, no comment, right? Instead of, I'm just here so I don't get fined. But he just took it to, like, the most literal sense of the word why he was there. But but if he did say no comment, no comment, that would have become a storyline too, though. You'd have to agree, right? Right. I just give some boring answer and keep it moving. You know, I mean, if you can talk and not really say anything, they're not going to keep coming by. How disappointing was it for you about that last loss of the Patriots in the Super Bowl for the Seahawks? Because. They were in the midst of becoming a dynasty. You'd agree if they win that, they're a dynasty, right? Oh, sure. Absolutely. And they had a chance to really do something special. Go back to back. Something that only the 90s Cowboys of Aikman, Irving, and Emmett Smith have done in the early 2000 Patriots. Not even the Kansas City Chiefs with Mahomes and Andy Reid and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and Tyron Matthew and all these guys. They, they didn't win two in a row. Uh, obviously, the Seahawks, Legion of Boom, didn't win two in a row. The Patriots in their second run with Brady and company with Edelman and Gronk, they didn't win two in a row. It's hard to win two in a row in the NFL, so to do that, it would have been really special. Uh, what If they had won that second, how do you think history changes for that team and those group of players? Well, I mean, I, I think it, it changes by one of them probably ending their career in a Seahawk uniform. Does um, Earl, is Earl still telling Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett you can come get me? Probably not. You know, I, I think I think that you know that probably would have fixed the problem for Earl Thomas. Um, you know. I, Cam Chancellor, I mean, unfortunately, I still think his situation wouldn't have been that much different. I think Russell Wilson probably would be there for life. Um, you know, so his, his situation might have changed. Same with Bobby Wagner. Yeah, you know, Richard Sherman probably. But, um, you know, I mean, when, when I look at it, though, and I've said this to you off air before a number of times, I don't have a problem with the play they called, though. I know. You don't. You know, I, I, I'm not staying up you know, losing sleep over that, man. I never did. I, I you know, the, the only problem I have is that the receiver, you know, didn't fight very hard to get the ball. Well, Malcolm um, Butler also made a fantastic play. I don't want to take a thing. Malcolm Butler made a fantastic play. I wouldn't say it was fantastic. I mean, I don't know. The receiver, to me, you know, on, on, on that route, looks like he's kind of passive. Well, wouldn't you agree, though? Big-time moments, big-time players make big-time plays. Well, I think the, I, you know, was it Ricardo Lockett, I believe? You know, I just, I don't think he's a big-time receiver. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, well, like for two players, maybe you, you would just have to be more selective, you know. I mean, I think if he was guys throwing it to Doug Baldwin, he would have caught it. Is it as simple as, my corner's better than your wide receiver? Well, I mean, possibly, but, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, we're talking about Ricardo Lockett there, I mean... Nobody's ever accused him of being elite. Correct. So you think maybe they should have thrown it to somebody else. Maybe the decision by Russell was poor in terms of who the read or who the read was geared to. Well, I, I, I think it, I wouldn't even put it on Russell as far as the decision being poor. Russell threw a great ball. Uh, that should have gotten, you know, if, if you run that play ten times, eight of those times you're probably getting a touchdown. Um, my only critique is I think with a play design, I would have put somebody else. Um, 
if that spot on the field at that moment instead of Ricardo Lockett. I might have put Doug Baldwin on there. Or, um, who was that other guy that used to catch a lot of balls for them? Curse. Yeah. Do you... Maybe be having Curse in that position instead. Um, what was your reaction after that? And Malcolm Butler gets the interception. Like, what was your reaction? I don't think I've ever asked you. What was your reaction? Um, I mean, it wasn't good, you know. I mean, I wanted to see my team win back-to-back. Uh, I knew how special it was even back then, you know. I knew how hard it was for teams to, you know, um, win back-to-back. Um, and they are so close to doing it. You know, they had to leave pretty much all the way to the end. Um, but I guess my, my initial reaction was just like, it hasn't changed since, you know, what I was just talking as I was walking through that play with you. I was like, yeah, it's kind of crappy execution by that wide receiver. Are you shocked they never went back? Uh, to the Super Bowl? Yes. I mean, they never went back to an NFC Championship game, too. I mean, Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would say, to be honest with you, Daryl, I was a little bit surprised. You know, the, that following season after the, after they lost that Super Bowl, they, they looked kind of flat. You know, and, and they were racking up some injuries and things like that. And I think it was around that time that they lost Cam Chancellor, if I'm not mistaken. It might have been that season. There was Cam Chancellor's last season. And then things just kind of unraveled from there. You know, I think the team at that point was kind of mentally exhausted from going um, and having such deep playoff runs for the last three years or so. You know, that that led to them getting beaten up a little bit in the playoffs that year. They still managed to beat the Vikings. And then from there, I mean, Richard Sherman, I think, honestly, and... uh, and Marshawn Lynch were both really physically deteriorating. You know, and I think that's just just the thing is for some of these guys they're they're amazing players, but the prime was, was very short lived. So and then Seattle was never able to kind of recruit anybody else to rebuild that defense. So you think even if they did have beaten the Patriots that they wouldn't have won three in a row. Like it was kinda of like a 90s bull situation, the last dance bull situation, where it's like, we're going all in in 98, and that's the end of this team. Yeah, I, I believe that. I don't think, you know, we're looking at three three more Super Bowls or anything. I, I was a little bit surprised, you know, like, looking this far out, I mean, I kind of thought Russell Wilson and the team would be back in another one by this point. It, it just always shocked me a little bit. Um, some of the decisions they make just are not really good for winning Super Bowls. Um, and, you know, they've got an opportunity now, pretty much, Daryl. The, the slate is clear for them. Uh, and they have to start making some good choices if they want to be back in contention. But the door is open to do that. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then kind of next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to talk about Ben's favorite QB in the NFL, the real number 12. Kind of next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Public 
Sports Talk. We still have Ben Karen with us, host of the Sports Author Podcast. So, Ben, Aaron Rodgers signs a lengthy, wealthy extension with the Green Bay Packers. What do you think of it, Ben? Well, I mean, I think it's um, it's good for Aaron. It's not really good for the Packers. Uh, I mean, I guess I would. I'd say it's good for Aaron's wallet. Um, I don't think he's going to do anything for his legacy, Daryl. Um, Aaron Rodgers getting $50 million, I mean, it's it's just going to put him in kind of a similar situation to what Russell Wilson was in in Seattle. Um, Green Bay is not going to be able to afford to keep some of these guys they have around him. I think the team will actually be worse next year, personnel-wise, than they are this year. That's fair. Can I, I like pose it to you this way. Who they're gonna keep Devontae though? Who who are, who's who aren't they gonna be able to resign? Probably some of the defensive players. Um, you know, I haven't like dug into it enough to know all the all, all you know the entire salary cap uh, thing. But obviously, when they're paying Aaron more money, they're they're gonna have to let some people go. Well, for example, Tampa was able to keep everybody last year. Well, Tom Brady wasn't getting paid fifty mil. Well, I agree, but it's still very hard to keep everybody on the roster if everybody's making money. Like, you kept Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Uh, I'm forgetting the, the, all, all their players and then Dominican, too. Like, they legitimately kept everybody. So, I, I, there's a way to do it. Now, I mean, your quarterback making... Even Patrick Mahomes is making a certain amount of money. They kept Tyree Kill, Travis Kelly. Like, they, they have their guys. is Tampa Bay had the guys to win the Super Bowl the first time around. Correct. Uh, you know, and, and obviously I think the Packers did not. So, um, and the Packers just aren't going to be able to get better. I don't see how they'll get better from this. Well, they're going to have, I mean, they're, but the Packers were never a free agency team, though. Even if they did have money, when have the Packers ever gone out in free agency and spent on somebody? They do it through the draft. Right. Well, when you're Aaron Rodgers, though, and it's kind of the end of your career, I mean, I think you're looking to try to win a Super Bowl. But, I mean, does he think the Pack? I I agree, but I'm saying, does he think the Packers are going to do that? They've never done that. I mean, maybe he's just happy to get an MVP award. (laughs) Well, I I guess what I'm saying, though, is if he actually takes less money, I don't think they're going to say take less money and spend in free agency. That's not the Packers' style. It's like the Steelers. That's not what the Steelers do. They're homegrown and they built through the draft. Like there are some franchises, like that's their thing. But the Packers are never going to be a team that, oh, so and so's a free agent. We're going to give him this massive contract. That's not how the Packers do business. Right, right. Well, it's, it might not be, but I, I'm just saying strictly from a football standpoint, you know, I, I don't. They're not going to be better than they were this year. And I just don't think they're going to end up ahead after this. They're going to need a little bit of... I mean, I think they're still... They're still a French contender, right? I mean, like... I think if things go right, I mean, the, the thing that they do have working on their side is the NFC has gotten weaker. And I mean, also, I mean, they have some young players. Maybe some of those young guys get better. I mean... 
they're solid in certain areas. I mean, we'll see what they do in the draft. Maybe they get some other young players that can make an impact. I, I, I wouldn't say it's like they're not out of the picture. I mean, I would say they're one of the teams in the NFC. Like, they're one of the top four teams in the NFC, right? Yeah. Well, so, like I said, the NFC is weaker. They might be, you know, uh, one of the top three teams right now. Yeah, so I mean, if you're one one of the top three teams, you're in good standing. That that means you're that that means you're one team away from being in the NFC Championship game, and that means you're one game away from being in the Super Bowl. So I mean, that doesn't mean you're. And then if you're in a one game situation, a lot of things can happen. So I I mean, like it's not like they're that far. Uh, my my biggest takeaway was this: I just think Aaron's a diva. We went through this whole story, this whole charade of him not wanting to be in Green Bay. Yada yada yada. Uh. I need time to focus. Coming on Pat McAfee's job, I'm not trying to break news. When he ended up just staying there this whole time. This was like a whole bunch of complaining for nothing. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's, what, that's what I took away from this, even beyond whether he wins or not, his legacy. This was a bunch of whole, this was a bunch of BS. It was a bunch of BS. And I understand he was mad, and he should have been mad for what they did with Jordan Love. I think that was wrong. But even Green Bay looks stupid in this because they just committed to Aaron Rodgers, and then they wasted a first-round pick on Jordan Love. So I think Green Bay looks stupid now, too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's like, what are you doing? I mean, clearly, I don't think Jordan Love is anywhere close to starting because if he was, I don't think they would have put up with Aaron. And, and this is effectively, they have to trade Jordan Love. Like, his career is, like, done in Green Bay now, right? Like, he's a first-rounder. Is he just going to stay under Aaron for five more years? Like, the dude needs to play. He, he might sit under Aaron. I mean, you know, they, they did it with uh, Aaron Rodgers when Fowler was there. Correct. But Aaron's a future Hall of Famer. We don't know if Jordan Love's a future Hall of Famer. And that was for three years. We're talking about Aaron coming back for four more years. Favre was year to year. Aaron wasn't going to sit there for, like, seven years. That's the issue. How, how long can you tell a dude to stay on the bench? Right? Like, how long? Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. I I guess I, I, I'm not ready to, like, be like, oh, well, it's not going to work out, you know? I mean, I don't think, I don't, we don't even know if Aaron Rodgers can play, you know, for another four years. Yeah, that's a good question. We don't, uh... I mean, just because we've seen Tom Brady do it and, and Drew Brees, both of those guys play, you know, up, up until the age of 40 and even beyond does not mean that that's the new norm. I, think, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is taking care of his body like those guys. I think Aaron should be able oh, oh, those uh, natural healing methods that Aaron does. You don't think that's working? I'm not buying it. I mean, I think it's a rarity any time a quarterback is still playing at an elite level past 40. I think he can play till 40, elite. I, I, I think that's a reasonable expectation from what we've seen. I think Favre did it. Manning did it. Now they fell off cliffs. I think even if we're saying Aaron's age 40 season is fine, I, I think up until 40 would be the marker. I think past 40, what Breeze and Brady both did, which was extremely special. Uh, you know, we have to wait and see there. I think he'll be better than Big Ben was. I mean, Big Ben fell off a cliff. I think Aaron takes care of himself better than those guys are. So I think they should be fine for the next two to three years till Aaron hits that age. Uh, and they're still going to get really elite QB play. But I, I just think 
It just looks bad all around. This lo It's very weird how this was handled from all parties. And I don't know what they do with... I think they need to trade Jordan Love, personally. I think they need to trade Jordan Love. Yeah, well, that, that might be the, the best uh, option available. We know there are some teams out there that need a quarterback. Does part of you at all think that the Green Bay should have just let Aaron go? I think it would have been reasonable. I mean, you know, essentially, I think they're, like I said, I think they're in the same predicament that Seattle's in. You know, I think they're a team that's a, that has enough talent to be a perennial playoff team, but they're probably not good enough to win the Super Bowl. That's very true. But do we think since... I don't think they're anywhere close to the Rams here, if I'm going to be honest with you. Um, so they would probably have to rely on the Rams having injuries. I think... Being able to win a tight game against the 49ers and, and, and then somehow beating a powerhouse from the AFC. I think... I actually believe if the Rams would have went to Green Bay, I think they would have beat the Rams. I don't. I don't think the Rams are built to play in those type of conditions. I think that would have been an issue. Even the way the Packers ran through them when they went to Lambeau, and we saw it the year before in the playoff game, and I know Goff was there in Stafford, and you don't think Goff and Stafford is that big of a difference, even though I do think that is. I, I, I don't think they're built to play. I, I think the 49ers were built to play in that type of game. I, I don't think the Rams were built to play in Lambeau. Now, next year might not matter. Maybe it's in L.A., and then if it's in L.A. and they can use their speed, then all bets are off. But I don't think the Rams are built to play in a snow game in Lambeau Field in January. I don't I think, think that's how they built their team at all. Multiple running backs. Matthew Stafford's played in Lambeau a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many wins did he have, Ben? Well, he's playing for the Lions. <laughs> oh, Ben, that's the first time I've ever heard you say that, Ben. Yeah, I mean, come on, like get real here. They, and they, they can beat, they can beat the Packers and Green Bay. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think they're tough enough personally. I think they get ran out. I, I just don't. But hey, we, we can agree to disagree on that. I, I do think it's a coin flip game in Lambo. Uh, but here's what I will say: they beat them in Lambo this past year, Ben, pretty badly. Now the Rams were in a funk, but they beat them pretty handily in Lambo. I think the Niners just match up better with them, though. I think the Niners were built for that. And also, let's also remember this. The Niners won on a punt block on incompetent and on incompetent special teams play. Yeah, well, when you're spending $50 million to keep Aaron Rodgers, your special teams is not getting better. Well, Ben, I mean, your special teams should be all cheap guys that you can get. That's the point of special teams. They're not supposed to be high-priced guys. I don't... The $50 million doesn't bother me as much, honestly. The $50 million doesn't bother me as much. I think there's ways to finagle the cap and make trades and, and draft where the $50 million should be irrelevant. It's also not... Here's also my thing. It's not Aaron Rodgers' job to worry about the Packers' cap. That's the GM's job. If the GM gave him the money, then he has to make it work. That's literally his job. That's why he's employed. If you can't make it work, then don't give him the contract. 
I think everybody always looks at the player. Like, it's your job as the GM how to make the finances work. You're the one who's spreading up the money. Like, we want money allocated to this position, this position, this position, this position. We don't money here because we think money's more important to be used right here. Like, that's literally his job. If he can't do that, then he shouldn't be the GM. Now, we could argue that this is the same organization that drafted Jordan Love when they had freaking Aaron Rodgers, so they're idiots anyway, right? But that's just my opinion on it. For sure, and I mean, I'm hearing what you're saying, and yeah, that that was certainly a blunder. Um, but I think, you know, I mean, these people need to sit down with Aaron when they're offering him 50 million and say, well, "We'll give this to you, but you know, just as a reminder, if we give you this, we're not going to be able to, you know, improve here and here." And that's very fair. Well, that's why they have to hit on the draft now. Yeah, Tampa, when they won, they got Antonio Winfield. Uh, Tristan Wirfs, two two guys that they got. Those are two All Pro guys, Pro Bowl All Pro guys. If you just add two casually All Pro and Pro Bowlers, I mean that changes your roster, right? Like, well, you got to get pretty lucky to do that. Well, I mean, hey, th- that's why you're the GM, though. You have to draft well. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna decide to pay the quarterback money, and and you've also decided we're not gonna do free agency, then you have to hit on the draft. And that player development. Or you could say, you know, how about you take 40 and, you know, then maybe that takes a little pressure off of us and we only have to hit on one of two. But I don't think they were ever going to sign. I guess my thing is, I think you're acting like they were ever going to sign somebody. I don't think they were ever going to sign anybody. When was the last time Green Bay brought in like a free agent of note? Yeah, I mean, I know it's been a while, but I think they could do it. I, 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 but if they told Aaron that, do you think they've ever told Aaron that? I think that was part of the issue. I, I've just never seen them do it. Like when even when Odell came, they never made a run at Odell, and Odell ended up becoming a big thing for the for the Rams. He ended up becoming a major I piece. Think, I don't think they really needed an Odell. Oh, I think that would have helped. I think he would have been a number two wide right receiver to take some pressure off of Devontae, somebody who could take the top off the defense. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Well, but I guess what I'm saying is they didn't even make an offer. I think that just shows you. You have all these teams trying to talk about, we need Odell, we need Odell. Whether Odell decided to play in Green Bay is something entirely different. They didn't even make the offer. It's just not how they do business. It's just like the Steelers. That's just my thing. Like, there are some organizations who just, they, they don't believe in it. Now, New England never really believed in it, and then they did it this past year with Bill Belichick, but they also had the most cap space in the NFL, and Bill Belichick was trying to get after Tom Brady. So there was a little some other stuff operating there. And also, yeah. Green Bay is also a team. They're without an owner, too. So they really don't have a direct... They don't have a guy who's like, we need this guy. There's no leadership. Aaron Rodgers is the leader. Aaron Rodgers is the highest paid employee in that building. That's also the issue. With all these other organizations, the quarterback is not the highest paid guy. Like, he, they're not. Dak Prescott does not make more money than Jerry Jones. Aaron Rodgers is the highest paid employee in that organization. So who's telling Aaron Rodgers what to do? Nobody. There's no billionaire telling Aaron, I'm the boss, this is what we do. The highest paid, the, the, the GM probably makes like $5 million telling Aaron he's making 50 what to do. And Aaron's probably laughing at him like, no, buddy, here's what I'm telling you. Here's what we're going to do. <laughs> That's how it's going. 
And once again, I want to thank Ben Karen for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode. The 403rd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.